welcome to the Three Pillars podcast. I'm Peter Harper, the Managing Director and CEO of Asina Advisors. If you're not familiar with the business, we're a multifamily office advising foreign family offices and private clients on US direct investment and mergers and acquisitions. In this episode of the Wealth Management Series, we'll be discussing investing in French real estate with our special guest, Delphine Boleyn. Uh, Delphine, it's great to have you here with us today. Hello, thank you, Peter, for having me. And as mentioned, my name is Delphine Bielen, and I'm a French native with dual U.S. French citizenship. So I have a master's degree in international law from University of Burgundy in France. And I also have 30 years of experience managing real estate in France and advising U.S. citizens on fiscal, administrative and estate planning matters. Fantastic. Uh, well, why don't we kick off? I mean, um, France is probably my favorite country in the world. Uh, right. And uh, I love French wine, French food, um, all things France. So, you know, I was very, very excited to be talking about this topic. I think a great sort of place to start is that for any American, when they're, um, they're going on that adventure, falling in love with the country, trying to understand general market differences, legal differences can kind of feel overwhelming. Maybe we can start off with some you know, general buying information, Investment 101, when you're thinking about investing in and buying real estate in France. Sure. Uh, I will uh, I will talk first about something pretty obvious, but when a property is located in France, French law applies, regardless of the nationality of the owner. And that uh, is true for all transactional procedures and fiscal matters. So that's the first thing that people should know. And then uh, I would like to mention a person that every uh, buyer will have to interact with when buying a property in France. And that person is the French notaire. So it's not like the American notary and there is no equivalent person in the US. Uh, The notaire is um, a hybrid, high-trained lawyer in private civil law who is appointed as a public official and whose duty is to the state. So it's a mix of private and public. Um, And he has a monopoly on property conveyance matters, and he covers all real estate transactions, succession, estate planning, donation, etc. So that's a big difference between US and France. And last, I want to say that unlike America, uh, there is no transparency uh, and centralized information on real estates. It's quite difficult to compare sales. There is no uh, multiple listing services like we have here. And when a French um, seller is ready to list his property, he will put it in different agency. And sometimes there is different prices for the same property. So it's few pointers that, you know, it's a different country, different rules. Um, That's super um, uh, fascinating, Delphine. So these notaire is public and private. Can, do you have a, a an, an avocat? Um, uh, in addition to 
the Notera. If I'm an American and I'm saying, okay, I'll make the decision. I love France. I'm about to go and explore. Who are the people that I need to kind of engage with at the start to start that process? So it's a very good question, Peter. So uh, since French law uh, is going to be applicable, it's crucial for an American citizen to be informed uh, and to consult with a professional, even if they speak French. The sale contract should be reviewed by a specialist who can alert the buyer of any red flags and missing information. The notaire is a mandatory person. So the selection of a notaire is, is very important. And I will recommend uh, American investor to choose one that speaks English and has a international law background. Uh, it's not super easy to find, but know that uh, your notaire doesn't have to be local. Even if you want to invest uh, uh, in the French Riviera, your notaire can be based in Paris, for instance. And also the buyer and the seller don't have to have the same notaire. They can have their own at no extra fees. Okay, great. And you had mentioned that there is no sort of central location um, as far as, you know, in America, there's a handful of websites like Zillow and various other things. And then the big agency sites where people kind of use that as a way to shortlist before they even engage with a, a buyer's agent. Um, as far as trying to first find someone, I think it's, it sounds like then the relationships, the individual relationships with, whoever the person is that's going to help you locate the property is, you know, even of higher importance than it would be in America because how do you even find the right deals or good opportunities? Yes. Well, I think that once, you know, uh, an investor has made his homework and narrowed down the region that he wants to invest in, then there is some renowned real estate agency that will help you, um, in the meantime, you know, uh, it's, it's hard for Americans to travel right now. Internet is your best friend still. And even if it's, there is no, uh, not a full transparency, it gives you a good idea of the market. Uh, but yes, once we can travel again, um, exploring the region in person and meet with um, a good ad, a real estate agency would be my advice. Fantastic. I'm a, a tax attorney by background and we were kind of always uh, fo focused on the numbers. One thing that always is interesting to me when I'm looking at, you know, global markets and foreign markets is holding costs and sort of understanding what the carrying costs of an asset in various markets are like. When someone's uh, looking at buying in various locations, um, what type of uh, indirect taxes or costs should they be sort of have in their mind and what does that kind of look like as a percentage of the sort of capital invested um, in your experience? So another very good question. So uh, you can add around 8% of the purchase price when you buy your property um for the the notaire fees so that's something to keep in mind yep. 
And then beside the usual property tax, uh, there is an annual tax that comes with ownership in certain situations, and it's called impôt sur la fortune immobilière. And that could be considered as a French wealth tax on real estate. It only concerns properties situated on the French soil and whose value exceeds 1.3 million euros. So I want to reassure potential buyers because as unpopular as this tax appears, its impact is not as widespread or substantial as one could imagine. In 2019, um, it only concerned 140,000 owners and they pay an average of 15,000 euros per household. And as another practical example, on a property that is worth 2 million, the wealth tax will be around 7,000 euros. That's great. It's interesting to get that statistic because in you know, property taxes are varied from place to place in across the U.S., but in most markets that are the more sort of affluent markets, that's actually not prohibitive when you compare that to, to what I think Americans would be used to paying um, as far as property tax. I agree. It's just that French has a bad reputation with taxes, and when you hear wealth tax... I agree. I mean, listen, I've heard those stories uh, myself, right? You know, I think you know, one of the things that always fascinates me is, you know, I, I love, um, you know, the romantic notion of renovating, you know, a, a chateau or a villa or, you know, some form of property in the French um, uh, countryside. But I think the, the sort of notion, the sense of how affordable are they and what are these the ongoing costs with that. I mean, one other thing I think that would be interesting for people to understand is that, um, you know, given the history of France, how in the age of some of these properties, assuming that they're looking to buy something that's older, um, how challenging is it to uh, remodel or renovate a property that someone might be buying as a foreigner and, and, how would someone even sort of go about thinking about that if they're looking at places to buy? So it is not a problem usually. And a lot of my clients that um, make big renovation in a chateau or property usually have a, an, a sort of an agent um, right there in France that can help with translation and uh uh, architectural uh, plans, etc. Because you know English, it's it's spoken in, in Paris and cities, but countryside, you might be out of luck. So there is some English person, American person that you can find locally that will help you with the work. Um, make sure that you know they they do what you want. But then it's not very difficult, and we have very good. Um, uh, builder in France. Yeah, fantastic. And and so Delphine, on the back of all this, um, you know, I think what I'm hearing is that um the opportunity to buy uh real estate and and renovate 
uh, real estate to a high quality, given the, the generally the, the high level of the builders or artisans that are that are used to dealing with, you know, quality uh, older product is is at a, a different level and is not something that should be nervous about. Right, it's about having the right connections. Exactly. Uh, off the back of that, what are you seeing in the markets? I mean, I think in America, when the pandemic kind of hit, everyone started having thoughts back to uh, you know, prior to the financial crisis and was saying, okay, we're going to have major upheaval in real estate markets, but the, quite the opposite of that's happened and things are kind of taking off. What are you seeing within the market as a whole? Uh, in, in when it comes to French real estate, and I'd be interested to to know which regions within France you think are the most interesting at the moment. Okay, well, the you know definitely uh, the pandemic happened, and but there is some optimistic economic markers despite the pandemic. Uh, the French uh, GPD is uh, expected to go back to its pre-COVID level at the beginning of 2022. It's a good news. And France seems to be to have been less impacted by um, the global crisis because uh, its, uh, its GPD um, is less based on exportation. So that's a good point. Uh, inflation rates are, are low. Uh, as well as interest rate on French mortgage. Uh, the housing prices uh, have been going up since 2016 and they're expected to continue uh, that rise. Um, unfortunately, with the pandemic uh, the, and the border closures, the foreign investment uh, in real estate have been at their lowest uh, level in 10 years. But again, uh, the return on foreign investors um, is expected. They usually represent between 10 and 20% of the buyers. Okay. And with their return, uh, the housing market in Paris is predicted to increase uh, significantly in 2022. And also, I think uh, it's very true in, in France that we can observe a shift from um, urban life to rural life. A lot of people, uh, you know, with the remote working have um, invested in houses instead of living in a small apartment in Paris or in the big cities. They have purchased houses in the countryside or in smaller town and they have a garden. And that's a big tendency in France. And that also uh, explain why in 2020, the Parisian market dropped uh, by 18% in terms of number of transactions. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, I think that sort of trend, uh, if you compared that with New York City, um, it's probably a bit, it's been a similar trend line um, as well. We've seen you know, similar sort of things happen uh, and then in in the US in certain markets, um, Palm Beach, where I'm based, has seen uh, an a- astronomic rise. As you know, there as far as volume of sales was up 300 percent in the last 12 months, 
um, because of, you know, huge migration numbers from northeastern states, um, people looking for similar, similar things. Delphine, in light of that, looking forward to the, you know, the balance of this year and next year, what markets do you like um, and, and why? So Paris is always a very sure value. The distinction between Paris and the rest of France is that your investment is going to cost you twice as much with an average of 1,100 euros per square foot. But the Parisian real estate market is very good for resale um, and capital gain with an increased value of 29% over the past 10 years. So Paris is always a sure deal and foreign investors are coming back and apparently they want to invest in France. Um, just know that uh, the return on rental investment property is lower in Paris than in the rest of France. And it's because there is a higher purchase price and higher property tax. Uh, but um, outside of Paris, there is a ranking of the 10 uh, best place to invest. The, the ranking is based on, you know, uh, capital gain, potential, um, uh, employment, demographic perspective, economic development, proximity to Paris. You know, there is a very well-developed uh, uh, train system in Paris with fast train. And all the, the town I'm going to mention are within two hours of Paris. Um, there are usually university towns and touristic towns. That's the common denominators of all those cities. And I'm going to tell them where, where they are. In, in number one, we have Rennes. Then there is Nantes, Strasbourg, Angers, Toulouse, Bordeaux, Lyon, Clermont-Ferrand, Tours, Lille. So all those um, cities have, have great potential for investors, um, and, you know, it's half the price of Paris. Um, so we talk about, you know, Paris. We talk about uh, towns outside of Paris. And I want to mention also the countryside. You mentioned earlier, you know, buying a chateau in the countryside, etc. It is true. And there are a lot of chateaus in France. I mean, a lot. Um it's not uncommon also to find a very reasonable price, uh, old stone house with character and charm. And depending on the condition, you know, for 1,000 square feet property, uh, that will cost between 50,000 and 100,000 euros. So it's very reasonable. Uh, what I say is not true for a certain region in France. The Luberon, Provence, Côte d'Azur, uh, the houses are much more expensive than in the rest of the France. Uh, but also there is a higher um, return on investment, whether it's rental or resale. And I also want to um, make a distinction between um, new construction and older houses. Uh, the older houses tend to keep their value over time with a slow growth, unless there is a big remodel. 
And then there is the new construction. And their value usually increased the first uh, 10 to 15 years, then plateau, and then start to decrease. And the reason why is it's always possible to build new houses, but there is a limited inventory of older house. Um, and they're very, and there is a very high demand right now. People are not afraid to remodel anymore. The, with the pandemic, the home improvement has been a big deal. That's very, really, really, fantastic and super helpful. Listen, I think we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, the key takeaways for me is that um, there is a lot of opportunity to find um, uh, good buying opportunities in France, whether you're looking for something in a big city like Paris or, or uh, in you know, regions that are close to Paris uh, and that, you know, don't be afraid of remodeling because if you find the right deal, then over time you might find there's more value in that. Um, Delphine, this has been super insightful. Um, We'll uh, have Delphine's information uh, available. So if anyone... uh, wants to learn more about um, buying in France or wants to start that journey, you know, please, please uh, reach out to us via our uh, website, uh, senioradvisors.com, and we'll make sure that you get connected uh, with Delphine so you can get more in-depth advice and learn what to do. Thanks very much again for joining us. Thank you, Peter, for having me.